welcome to our podcast. Um, my name is Trelawney. I'm a dating expert. I'm a relationship coach and I've worked at high end of personal matchmaking for over 10 years now. I really enjoy reality TV and I very much enjoy analysing the week's TV with my co-host Andrew. Andrew, would you like to say a little bit about yourself? Yeah, hi everybody. My name is Andrew Parker Dennis. I'm the MD of the biggest matchmaking group within the UK. Love catching up on all things dating and reality TV at the minute is massive in that field. So yeah, um, I'm up to date and, and do enjoy watching it all. Okay, so usually Andrew and I are quite far apart. I am speaking to Andrew from Palmer uh, in Mallorca and Andrew's in Stratford-Cornavon. Today I'm in quaint Wiltshire, so I've got a different background and we're enjoying the same weather. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. you know i'm far less jealous this week yes so nice to be a bit closer to you so married at first sight quite a busy week shall we start with peggy and george now we haven't talked about them too much um to date but the game of spin the bottle and the knock-on effect of that took quite a toll on their relationship so Essentially what happened, there was a game of spin the bottle between a number of the couples. As I understand it, most of the couples joined in. There was Luke was voted the best kisser, so I'm not sure how many people he kissed, but quite a few, I would imagine. However, one of the ladies was there alone without her husband and really took a lot of flack afterwards, particularly from George, who seemed to think that it was only a problem for her because her husband wasn't there. So it it shook Peggy a little bit because George was confronting um, the group really about how inappropriate this was at a dinner party. And she obviously feels that these people have become friends. She felt very torn between her friends and her husband and their relationship suddenly became very, very awkward. and. Peggy became very, very emotional. So how did you feel about the way George reacted? It was a strange one from George, if I'm honest. I do think he was getting he was getting involved in things that he didn't need to. I did, as you said, I think I couldn't quite work out how many of the couples were actually getting involved Most in it. Most of them, I think, to be honest. Yeah. And for me, I mean, we'll no doubt talk about that in a bit. It probably wasn't the most appropriate game to be playing, but it was it was funny how George just targeted um obviously Portia yeah. in, in his attacks. Uh was that because she's a woman and he doesn't feel that women should behave in that way, whereas men can, because there was certainly no comeback to any of the any of the men playing it. So maybe a little bit of misogyny creeping in there in the thought process that, you know. Women can't do this, but men can. And also a lack of emotional intelligence from George because he didn't actually get in tune with Peggy, who was clearly suffering, and she kept trying to talk to him about it. And he just says, I'm George. I don't care. This is me. Well, that means he doesn't care about Peggy's feelings or emotions either. So he did need to check himself a little bit and realise that what he does impacts on Peggy. And if you truly care about somebody... You don't want to impact negatively on their lives or their friendship groups, which which he was. And he was just steadfast. And the other thing I didn't like, when he was raising it with the group before they went in, you know, he, he turned around and was talking to Terence, well, looking at Terence while talking to Portia. So there's a complete lack of respect by almost just 
saying Terence, this is what happened, this is what happened. And, but but speaking to Porsche, so yeah, I, I think he handled the whole thing badly. And actually, he he, he kind of got involved in something that he was neither there at, so he doesn't know the full facts. He'd heard Chinese whispers and just thought, well, you know what, I can have a bit of fun with this. Um, so yeah, I was quite pleased that he got shut down in the main by by a few, but obviously Peggy is suffering with that because she's she does see everybody as friends and she doesn't want to fall out. And all of a sudden, she's found herself in a rock and hard place. And if anybody, George has jeopardised their relationship moving forward, unless he actually changes his ways a little bit there. Yeah, and I did think it was odd that... The, so everybody's at the dining table. A lot of the couples have participated in this. As we said, Luke was voted best kisser, so goodness knows how many of the wives had <laughs> actually, you know, kissed people that weren't their husband, men that weren't their husband. Um, and... Yeah, nobody kind of raised a hand and said, look, most of us did it. Okay, Portia was alone, Terence wasn't there, but it was a game. It was harmless. Everyone was very, very quiet and let Portia yeah. take the heat for that. I did yeah. understand that Terence ultimately felt very hurt by it. Yes. And perhaps it is different. I guess it is different because he wasn't there and the others would say, well, our partners gave us permission. They could see it was just a game. But it does, Terence's inner conflict was, what is cheating? Has my wife cheated on me? Yeah. She hasn't I cheated mean, on him, but she's embarrassed him, I think. Yeah. And actually, you know what? It's a funny one. Everybody's going to have a different view on this. If you're in a relationship, if you're trying to, and especially because these couples have been put together, at an early stage, so they've got to work through. Is it cheating? Well, it's not being loyal. It's not kind of looking at something and thinking, you know what? Because it wasn't a peck on the cheek. It wasn't, you know, that's fine. It was intimate kissing. And that, for me, crosses a line. And it does raise conflict, especially when you've got couples which aren't being that openly perhaps connected or, you know exploring different avenues to then just do it with complete strangers mm. it, it just it just felt odd to me it felt a very odd game to be playing in a group environment of new couples together yeah. um yeah. it almost made you picture a little pot on the side where people were popping the keys in and saying right are you playing this game or not i don't know yeah. if it was me i wouldn't like it and i certainly wouldn't expect my, my my wife to like it either but that's that's just my own my own view on it really yeah i mean for me either way if I was there, I can't imagine anything worse than having to watch my husband kiss another woman. No. I'd never be able to forget the image. I would no. be resentful. You know, to me, yeah. I know that it is a game that people play, but for me, it would be unbearable. And if I wasn't there, it would be even worse. So yeah. I do understand Terence's feelings, but I just felt that Portia was so targeted and nobody yes. else raised a hand. Nobody else helped her out and said, look, we were all there. It genuinely was harmless. Yeah. So when we get to um, the commitment ceremony, George has obviously really taken on board Peggy's feelings, which I thought was good. He wasn't really apologizing. I mean, he wasn't excusing himself. He was purely apologizing. He wanted to make it right with the group. He didn't want to make Peggy feel uncomfortable. So I thought... I thought that was pretty good. That was a learning curve that George was on. Why he wanted to get so involved in the first place when he wasn't even there, I do not know. But 
perhaps he was trying to really trying to look out for Terence. Perhaps that was it, but it just wasn't the way, was it, in a public no. event with the whole group? I think I think it was a peacock, wasn't it? He was thinking her and Peggy are in a great position. They're getting on really well. They've kind of moved forward with intimacy week, talking and opening, and he just thought. Oh, right, I'm in such a good place now. I can throw a grenade here and a grenade there. And I know I'm comfortable, but he, he missed the signs of how that would impact on Peggy. And, you know, he just seemed comments for that. If he, he had a conversation with Terence, he'd already had a private word. There was no reason to bring it into the group forum unless Terence or Portia chose to do that. It was their relationship to discuss, not George's. So that's, yeah. I think one of the most moving parts of that whole storyline was when Peggy went to make up with Ella. And yes. we saw a really genuine friendship there. And we saw yeah. two people that had had a bump in the road in their friendship just being so genuine about wanting to show each other that they cared and apologise. And I thought that was actually lovely. So, you know, relationships yeah. are about many things. Um, platonic relationships are just as important as romantic, aren't they? So if some of the group yeah. walk away with strong, strong friendships, that's a huge win for them, whatever happens within the marriages. So yeah. That was lovely, I felt. That was very, very genuine. Yeah, I, I agree. Both would make fantastic friends. So yeah. when we get to the ceremony and Portia and Terence are under the spotlight, that becomes very awkward, doesn't it? Because... Portia yeah. clearly feels, I can ride this one out. It's going to yes. be okay. I'm just going to keep saying everything's fantastic. We're doing really well. We've got over this. Whilst Terence is sitting there, so tense, so resentful, yeah. so disappointed. Portia doesn't want to see it. But then she can't avoid it when Terence actually starts speaking and says he wants to leave. So how did you feel about that dynamic? I think Terence... From the beginning in that relationship, I think Portia has asked a lot of Terence, you know, from his evening work, saying, well, I don't want you going out doing your DJing and bits and pieces like that. You know, I like, I don't drink. I go to bed at nine o'clock. I get up late. I'm not a morning person. All these different conditions. But then she's been out. She's had a drink. She's kissing other boys, another man, sorry. And, and you know, it goes against everything that she's told Terence and all, all, all these other bits. So I can, I can understand his frustration. And actually, at the end of the day, he, he was strong in his decisions. He, he talked it through. And even at the end, I think Portia was saying, well, you know, I'm not going to let you go. It's kind of, you are going to stay with me and we are going to work this through. But mm. too much damage had been done. And I, I do think Terence just sat there, weighed up everything and thought, I'm not being listened to. I'm trying to talk to you through the week and tell you how I feel and just keep getting it shut down by being told there was nothing in it. It was only a game. It meant nothing. Well, you know, when you think about when, when you do, when somebody does find out about somebody having an affair, is that not what they always say? It meant nothing. Oh, it isn't what time. it seems. And it, it, it was just and once just, and it meant nothing. Exactly. It was just, it was just sort of gaslighting and gaslighting. And I think he, he did get to that point where he was questioning everything, which is why I did speak to a few people, but then he told his truth on the, on the couch and Portia, you know, on this occasion at first Portia moved away because that's her normal, her normal reaction to sort of make him chase after her. He didn't. So then she moved Clay closer and told it, told him that he was, she was going to fight and they get through it. But Unfortunately, the train had already left for Terence, and you know, I, you know that 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 was done at that point, really. So, yeah, I, it's sad, but I think from day one, 
they've struggled to find a connection. There hasn't been that much between them, really. So it's probably the right decision, truth be known. I think maybe Portia's learned something from that because, as you said, her initial reaction, move away and do a bit of huffing and puffing. So the guy feels like, oh, no, I've upset her. Let me let me bring her back in. And he just said, yeah, move away. Yeah, you can yeah. And so yeah. she had to come up with a more compassionate understanding strategy if she was going yeah. to fight for this relationship. But there's part of me that wonders whether she just didn't want the embarrassment of going last night at the ceremony. Um, and actually she wants to stretch it out a week, but knows it's going to end, but just yeah. wants to somehow go, you know, it's her decision. She feels in control. Exactly. Yeah. I think she wanted to be the one to say, actually, you don't, you don't, you don't end this. I end this on my terms. Yes. And unfortunately yes. You, you can't always do that. The damage was done. Damage was already done, really. I could just see her plotting when she said, we're going to stay, plotting how she was going to end it dramatically the next week. Yeah. I might be yeah, that's it. there, but that's how it felt. <laughs> I think you're probably on point, to be fair, later yeah. on. <laughs> so Ella and Nathaniel, we've obviously worried about them quite a bit, but it was a lot calmer for them last night at the ceremony, wasn't it? Yeah, it was lovely to see, actually. I think both of those have realised that, you know, that connection of a relationship perhaps isn't there. Maybe it will never be there. We don't know. But I think what they've what they've learned to do is support each other's needs as opposed to just trying to support their own needs. And that friendship is built because of that. And there's they've both got each other's back. They're both looking out for each other. There's an understanding. They're having fun. They're talking. It's a comfortable atmosphere to be around. Whereas obviously, I, right up until this last week, it's been a very difficult relationship with both pulling against each other, both pushing hard at each other. Whereas now it just seems to have slowed right down. They're accepting where they're at. And, you know, they're both growing as people and supporting each other's growth, which is really important as well. Because as we discussed last week, is trying to find herself and trying to discover how life's going to be moving forward for her. Nathaniel's obviously supporting that, but I think Nathaniel now has recognised, actually, I need to grow and change, and I'm discovering things about myself that I need to deal with, and Ella's supporting it. So from a friendship group, a friendship group, and I think I think it's a real strong bond, um, and that's important. Neither one are damaging each other now, and that's what we've seen continually is it's attack and damage and getting a score up, getting a score up back, but now they're just sort of realising... Yeah, everybody's got imperfections anyway, goodness. But they're not sort of highlighting those. They're looking at what, what each other brings, which is far far more positive, whether it be friendship or relationship. Yeah. I think that Ella has realised not everybody has to fancy her. She can yes. feel good about herself, even if somebody doesn't necessarily want to have that intimacy with her, but really respects her as a person. It feels yeah. as though that perhaps she's she's now feeling okay well this relationship whatever it is it's helping me to grow so yeah. rather than constantly get upset why don't you fancy me why don't you fancy me she's perhaps getting a little bit of her mojo back thinking well yeah. i can grow from this i don't need everyone to find me attractive and everyone to fancy me whereas before she was looking for that validation from outside all the time wasn't she yeah, I think with Ella, I think she she associated attractiveness to she'd over sexualized it, and actually yes. she thought in order to be attractive, 
somebody's got to find you sexually attractive. And it, it's much deeper than that. And I think what she's realizing is she's more than, you know, she's beautiful, but she's more than that. She's got a lot more to offer and different elements of herself. And that's really positive because as soon as somebody doesn't find somebody attractive or sexually attractive, does if that's all you hold attraction to, then you can very much, very quickly feel rejected and despondent and down. Whereas now she's realizing, actually, I'm so much more than that. That's great. But I've got a lot more to offer. And that's only going to give her more confidence. And you've got to love what's inside of yourself in order to, to love anything else. And I think that's her journey, which is quite a beautiful one to watch at the minute. Yeah, she's getting a mischievous spark back and she's got yeah, she such is, a dry sense of humour. I don't know where she's <laughs> from, but I think she's from the West Country somewhere. So she's got that yeah. great, soft, kind of singy-songy accent. And um, yeah, definitely seeing the sparkle yeah. come back. So that's exciting. And um, Nathaniel just seems extremely relaxed. So yeah. we'll see what happens there. Yes. Now, Ros and Thomas have taken another turn. Yes. For the better this time. Yes, right. <laughs> It couldn't go for the worst, let's be honest. What you're going to get, yeah. Ros looked like a different person. You know, she was really yes. sexy and, you know, dressed quite sexy. And Thomas yeah. seemed to have a lot more confident and a huge smile. They seemed yeah. very determined to give this a, a really good shot. What do you think? Yeah, I think they did. I think the one thing I noticed was they didn't look like they had the weight of the world on the shoulders. Hmm. You know, over the past few weeks, they've looked tired. They've looked drawn. They look like the trying to find something in the wrong place. And I think, again, with Intimacy Week and the advice that they were given and talking through it, they've relaxed into it and they suddenly realised, let's not put too much pressure on ourselves. Let's just, as opposed to thinking, we're married, we have to be A, B and C. They're looking at, yeah, we're in a couple, we're exploring each other, we're discovering together, and they've started looking at what they can give each other as opposed to what they need. Because often when we give somebody something, you often get, it's like anything, isn't it? You give a present at Christmas, you get one back. Mm. And I think that's the, how their relationship's building now, as opposed to, I want, I need, I, I, I. There's more, what do you want? What can I give you? Mm. And that's brought them closer together. And it's brought down, you know, any awkwardness that was there. And will it work, won't it work? Well, we don't know. I think Ros has been really honest, saying that she's she's not overheeled, she's not besotted, but, over the few weeks that we've seen them, it's certainly come a long way. So perhaps that is going to be sort of a grower that's going to keep growing and building and with intimacy now being part of that as well. And I mean, poor Ross, all she wanted was a cuddle. Her face lit up when, when he turned around, said, well, my favourite thing was a cuddle. And she says, that's all I've wanted. Just that sort of reassurance and closeness, really. So, yeah, it was. Um, it's nice to see them in a far better place now. It could actually be a lesson because obviously in real life marriage, there's ebbs and flows and there's times when you maybe stop seeing each other as quite so attractive or you're really busy with work, you're tired or somebody's, you know, on well for a while and the intimacy goes a little bit and it, it could actually be a lesson in you can get it back if you yeah. just give each other a little bit of space and remain kind and remain caring. And then it can come back because it can, when that happens, it can feel as though it's never coming back, can't it? And people yeah. give up and think, well, maybe somebody new will be better, but it's not always the case. You can actually stick with it and do the right kind of positive things to try yeah. and bring it back. I think they, they kind of epitomised having a checklist, thinking what they want, think comparing it to what they've always had, and then thinking, well, this isn't it. I don't quite know. 
because they're reflecting on what they've always had. Well, if that had worked, they wouldn't be in the process anyway. So have it looking at life and partners a slight bit differently and then sort of thinking, right, well, I'm going to go with this. I'm going to invest in it. I'm not going to keep hankering after what I've had from other relationships. I'm going to explore this one in its fullest without comparing. And I think we're finding, we're seeing the benefits of that now. And obviously it's took a while, but they seem to be growing together. And I think they could get stronger. But, you know, a week's a long time in maths, let's be honest. <laughs> let's, hope, let's hope they carry on getting stronger. Um, yeah. Jay and Luke, so they came on. As usual, everything very easy, very happy. But they had started to both feel, could this could this really be real? Is this too good to be true? Could this possibly last? Because it's almost too easy. And the therapist said, this is quite normal. If a couple meet and everything feels too easy, you start to feel, you know, is this really just too good to be true? So they were, yeah. it, they had nothing to question. And yet human nature, I suppose, makes us find something to question. So they're so yeah. comfortable together. They're so happy. They have intimacy in every single way. But now they're just a little bit worried that this couldn't possibly last because maybe they've never experienced that before. I think that's exactly it, Trelawney. I don't think they have. And it's confidence. I think they've come from broken relationships where perhaps they've always felt they're never enough. Perhaps they've always felt that level of rejection. So when something's going that well, they're thinking, well, this isn't how it works for me. This isn't normal. And then it's kind of, almost you start getting a little bit protective of your own emotion, thinking I'm giving myself too much now because I know that I, I know how this ends. But, you know, I think the advice they got given was great. Step back, just enjoy it. Don't put that additional pressure of the happily ever after. Right now, you are happily ever after until that changes. So just enjoy the moment. Enjoy the situation and grow in that relationship and don't, second guess what's not happening because that become that can quickly lead to self-sabotage of relationship as well so they just need to step back from putting too much pressure on realize that they're in a really good place because i do think they connect so well on all levels actually they they kind of mirror each other through all different parts so they just need to focus on that not put the pressure on because relationships grow naturally and organically not forced so you know they're in a great place keep doing what they're doing and i'm sure it will it will continue to go from strength to strength yeah i have to say i love jay she is the voice of calm she's got a great sense of humor she is social but she doesn't need to dominate any situation they've obviously got real trust and no insecurity issues because they were obviously key players in spin the bottle (laughs) but yeah yeah i don't think they even you know doesn't it's not even an issue whatsoever they just have fun together with it so different to the situation that we saw with Portia and Terence where this idea of one partner kissing someone else was tearing them apart but you know they're they're obviously just so relaxed with each other but she is just fantastic and I think she's making it really easy for Luke because obviously we saw a little bit of a side to Luke but Jay is just so wonderful I think yeah. when he's in those kind of scenarios, she will be able to guide him and yeah. just help him be a more secure, less judgy type of person. Yeah. Which he said came probably from his own insecurities, but with Jay by his side, you just feel as though they could take on the world. And I really, really hope they make this work. 
Yeah, I, th I think they will. I think it would take a lot for them to fall off. I think they'll have a couple of bumps, no doubt, at some point. And that's life. That's natural and normal. Um, but I think they've got the respect of each other and actually probably falling in love a little bit now with each other to actually overcome that and realise that the blips will just make them stronger. They'll both learn at times from different situations and grow together. And what I really like is, because I do think they probably had private words about Luke, how he was stirring it a little bit at times, but they haven't done it openly. They've discussed that privately. They've got a resolution and they've moved forward without any shaming, which is really important. So I do think they're a very strong couple. Yeah, I think she's pretty no-nonsense probably behind closed doors. She's yes. so sweet and so fair and such a peacemaker, but I don't, you know, I think she's strong enough to give a very straight-down-the-line opinion, which yeah, she probably needs. So yeah. Shona and Brad, they were missing from the ceremony. Yeah. We've had a lot of thank goodness. media. Uh, yeah, thank goodness. Which, yeah. I mean, we spoke last week, didn't we, about Brad and... You know, I think we we're both really concerned, coercive behaviour, controlling behaviour, isolating, showing her away from the rest of the group by saying nobody else's opinions matter, etc., etc. Really shrinking and shriveling her up as a person so that he can literally just pop her in his pocket and take her out every now and again. The gaslighting, the control, it was incredibly uncomfortable. Um, and I know I said, said last week, I hope the, the, the experts step in because this could be incredibly damaging to Shona if this is allowed to continue any longer. Um, so, yeah, not being there, having specialist help. Um, I think, I've, you know, there's a lot of rumours going around now about what's happened to Brad. I mean, what's your view on the whole, whole Shona Brad? So um, Shona starts by saying that she is... She'd ended up screaming at it. Just stop. You know, just stop telling yeah. me I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm doing this wrong. I'm doing that wrong. Which I totally understood because you do get to that yeah. point. If you're a very easygoing person and you tend to try and keep the peace, you reach your boiling point. And yeah. she said, I'm already questioning myself. What kind of person am I? Am I so annoying? Am I so hard to live with? So you could see that already a great deal of damage was being done to Shona's self-esteem and confidence. And Brad always says the right things, but even she said, I don't just want to hear, I love you, I love you, I love you, I, and then carrying on with the same destructive behaviour. Yeah. Um, the way the therapist dealt with it by saying, well, this, this environment is too high pressure for you, so you need to go. I hope there was specialist help for Shona afterwards because it was almost as though, and I don't want to, I don't want to judge the show too harshly, but it was almost as though we put you in this really difficult scenario, Shona. We can see that you're losing your confidence, you're losing your sense of self, and you're struggling to find your voice. But now we're going to tell you that actually you should just go and do this by yourselves because yeah. you're not right for the show anymore, which it. The fact that they were still saying, well, you know, I think we'll be we'll be better if we're just out there on our own. And you you kind of couldn't help but think, well, really, are you just going to send them off on their own? And Shona's going to have to deal with this by herself. As it happens, we can see that in real time they have broken up and he already has a new partner. So yeah. it obviously didn't work out. But I, Sh Shona said, 
you know, I do want to stay. And they said, you can't stay. <laughs> they were trying to kind of, you are not allowed to stay. You are yeah. leaving. However, whether they did it in private or not, they didn't really stress so much. Shona, you're, you're really in danger here of being broken down. It was more, this environment is too stressful for the two of you. So try doing it by yourselves, which felt a little bit irresponsible to me. But perhaps there was that support for them after the show, and I really hope so. I'd be amazed if there wasn't. I think I think there'll be a lot of wheels behind. You know, we've got a duty of care in any, anything we do like this to look after people's mental well-being. And, you know, Shona needed, need, needed after that process to make sure it was reaffirmed to her that she is strong, she is independent, she is beautiful, she's got a lot to offer, she's comfortable in a relationship, she's funny, kind, caring. That all needed to be put back on me because all she's heard for the last four weeks is, I love you, but I love you, but I love you, but that's not love. That's control. And she, I'm confident, and I'd be amazed if this wasn't the truth, that the show behind the scenes, they didn't want to actively admit it on telly because at the end of the day, they'd match them together. So I, I kind of understand why they'd move them to one side, but I'd be amazed if there wasn't any sort of aftercare put in place for, for Shona and actually Brad, actually, because his behaviour needs to be addressed. Yeah. in a way that actually makes him realise this isn't acceptable, you know, and just sitting there saying, well, at the end of the day, I love the universe and I know more about it than you. You know, does he really? I'm not quite sure he does. I think he, he uses that as a platform to, again, become condescending to people um, and talking. So, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm thrilled that they're not together. I think it was very damaging for Sharon to say, you know, I wish her all the luck in the world, but I also hope that Brad actually takes a long, hard look at himself and looks at how, how, he, how he's going to conduct himself in relationships moving forward. Yeah, I think Brad really sees himself as a guru. You know, <laughs> Brad's perfect scenario would be some kind of cult leader. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, with lots of disciples, and yeah. you know, he. I mean, he does have a beautiful face. You can see him in the white robes. You can see him, you know, bestowing wisdom on everybody. And so, I'm not necessarily saying that as a bad and twisted thing, but I think he wants right. to be that figure that receives great respect and adoration, and. Within a, you one know, thing he's got to learn in life. One other person. Yeah. That's just so intense. Yeah. The one thing he's got to learn in life, if you're going to be somebody who's respected and you're going to be somebody who's listened to and you're going to be somebody who can inspire people, you've got to let them speak. You've got to listen to what they're saying. You've got to be inspired by others because otherwise you're just a dictator of you and that's where he that's where he is really at the minute so yeah, yeah worrying relationship glad that one's done so just quickly before we finish um tasha and paul yes the lovely tasha and paul yeah who... he's just the best guy in the entire world isn't he <laughs> yeah. in all yes. ways <laughs> lovely smile kind yeah. gentle considerate seems to get on with everyone yeah, he's just a nice guy and actually he's not in it to make himself look better. And I think that is fundamentally the difference. He's there wanting to put the put the spotlight on Tasha, let everybody look at Tasha and see how wonderful she is. 
He doesn't kind of think, oh, well, don't forget me. He's literally just letting, look at this, look at Tasha. She's the most amazing woman. She allows me to be better. She's making me be better. It's all about looking at what she brings, not what he's offering. And that's so important because Tasha in turn will then turn around and say, yeah, but you make me feel safe. You make, so they're both talking about how each other makes them feel and what, how they're making each other grow as opposed to demanding what's needed. Beautiful couple, both of them. You know, obviously Tasha has had a little bit of damage in the past, but, you know, Paul is just looking after her and, and making sure that the most important thing is if she stumbles, he's going to be there to hold her up. If she falls, vice versa. And she gives him that strength as well if he's struggling. So a really beautiful, a really beautiful connection. Um, and yeah, I would be gutted if, if they fell off the rails. But I don't, I can't see them doing it at the minute. I can't see anything that's going to come in and, and shape them. But well, we shall see. <laughs> note, so I've had a little sneak peek into some of the things that we, we will be able to cover next week. And it's going to be very interesting. I'm looking forward to next week because we've got the two new couples that have entered and we're going to save them for next week when we've got to know them a little bit better. But those two couples actually, what's the word, provoke some very unexpected reactions in some of the existing couples. Right, okay. And perhaps some people that you're not expecting to have a side, reveal a side. Right, okay. <laughs> so it's going to be a good one next week. Um, but yeah, some yeah. twists and turns. Some twists like we say, a week in Married at First Sight can be a month out there in the real world. So I'm sure yeah. it'll be quite interesting to see what happens over the yeah. coming week. So, really looking forward to that one. But it's been yeah. great to speak to you today. So as we yeah, say, just quickly, couple you feel most hopeful for, couple you're most worried about this week. Oh, I don't know now. A couple I feel most hopeful for, actually. Um, we know that there's certain ones which are solid at the minute, but I'm quite hopeful for Ros and Thomas to keep growing, actually. Okay, we'll see. Yeah. I think there's a couple which are cemented in. A couple I'm most worried about. Oh, probably Peggy and George at this minute in time. I think if George doesn't change, then it's going to become quite difficult for Peggy to continue. So we'll see what happens. Okay. All right, then. Well, yeah. you have a great week, and I will see you next week. Yeah, take us. Speak soon. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye.